0: Do you struggle with self-control when it comes to your online behavior? If so, Plucky might be the filter you need. With Plucky, you decide ahead of time which sites are safe for you, and then Plucky locks in your settings to keep you from self-sabotaging in a moment of temptation. It's a self-control filter that helps your long-term intentions win out over your short-term compulsions. Take courage, take control, get Plucky. To learn more, visit PluckyFilter.com. That's Plucky, P-L-U-C-K-Y-Filter.com. Good day, listeners, Jonathan Darty here with another edition of the Pure Sex Radio Program. In the best of circumstances, marriage is hard work. But when a couple has histories of brokenness and unresolved pain, it's even more challenging. Today's guests are Travis and Adele Graham, founders of the Noble Marriage, a ministry dedicated to help struggling marriages discover true intimacy. Travis and Adele share of their broken pasts even though raised in Christian homes and how that affected their marriage, how it led them both to build false images about themselves and their relationship. Eventually their masks were removed in favor of pursuing an authentic relationship with Christ and each other. This is their story and a message of hope for couples wondering if their struggling relationship can be redeemed. To learn more about Travis and Adele and their marriage resources, visit thenoblemarriage.com. For more resources, visit bebroken.org or check out links in today's show notes. And we'd love it if you would rate and review the podcast after listening because this does actually help other people to find it. Pure Sex Radio is produced by Be Broken and we exist to help men, women, and families move from sexual brokenness to wholeness of Christ and equip others to do the same. Now let's dive into Travis and Adele's story. Well all right, Travis and Adele Graham, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Thanks for yeah. inviting us. Thank you. Yeah, well we are excited to hear your story. Um before we dive in, I just want to share with our listeners kind of uh what is why does why do stories matter? I think sometimes, you know, people might hear, okay, there's going to be yet another story on this podcast or there's going to be another story about somebody's life and brokenness and healing and all of that. And I think sometimes, especially in this space of ministry where we're talking about stories all the time, it's one of our core values, our ministries, people's stories, is it can almost feel like, okay, well, that's familiar. You know, somebody had, you know, this brokenness and there was all this stuff that was messed up. They encountered the grace of God in a special and powerful way. And then things started to change and transform. Um, There's a couple of things that I think are important about story. One, it's it's the primary way that we connect as people like we connect through our stories. If we just talk about superficial things, we're never going to have any kind of deep connection with other people. So we need to tell the stories of brokenness. We need to tell the stories that are real and raw. If we're actually going to connect. The other thing that I think is really important for stories, especially in this format is that it's a way that we learn and grow. Like, As people hear your story today, they're going to hear things maybe that in some ways sound familiar to them because they can identify with that. Maybe in other ways they go, wow, this is a unique story. The way that their marriage and their lives have worked out is different than mine, but I can learn from that. So with that being said, I would love for people to get to know you. So let's dive into your story. So tell us kind of first, before we go to the backstory, can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now with your ministry, and then maybe we can talk about how you've gotten to this point.
1: Do you want to start with where we are now and I go backwards? Would you like that? Sure.
2: So right now we are running a marriage ministry for couples in crisis, and I'm specifically walking through infidelity and betrayal. And we've been creating an academy to help couples get healing and restoration in their marriage as well as we do intensives and coaching. And we just have such a heart for couples that are desperate for change and desperate for something new in their marriage.
0: Mm. That's good. So take us back. you
1: You was talking about stories and I was thinking, man, in 2018 was one of our most broken and, um, challenging years to walk through and I was desperate looking for people's stories during that time of I really need to resonate with somebody who' go- has gone through what we have gone through and it was very challenging for us to find those stories uh, then. And um, man, it's just I'm thankful to be able to be here to talk about our stories And going backwards into mind, like how did we get into marriage ministry? because I never expected we right. would be in marriage ministry. And it has to do with my past. You know, I was um, introduced uh, to pornography at a, at a young age. Uh, I can't remember exactly the age, maybe seven or eight. And it it was just a, a Playboy type magazine. And But as soon as I was introduced to that, it was like my innocence was completely stolen from me. And I was hooked. I wanted to know, I wanted to look at more. I wanted to know more about what this is. And I hadn't really had any conversations with uh, parents or authority about this. Is is What I can think of, I can't remember having this type of conversation around, you know, these, this is the type of material you need to completely get away from. And so I was hooked in. I really wanted to to find out how can I get more magazines? How can I look at this more? How can I engage in this more? And I remember talking to friends at school and I was a really early age, I don't know, third or fourth grade. And I was talking to other boys about this and they had pictures and they would bring them to school. And it, it just, it blows my mind now that I'm older to think back into that age group and, and what is happening, what was happening. And then I was also um, sexually molested or abused a few different times when I was young, maybe um, eight, 10, and 12, uh, three different times. And I think all of those things had a major impact on how I lived my life. I completely disconnected from school, from relationships. I really was engaged in secrets. Secrets were really important to me. I don't know necessarily why they were that important at that young of an age. I know now uh, the the basis of it, but I couldn't wrap my mind around. I didn't necessarily tell people, Hey, I got secrets, but I really wanted to keep those. And, um,
0: what was the, it just had such an... uh, Let me ask you a question. What was kind of the dynamic of your family environment growing up? Because you talk about secrets. I mean, I can imagine with the abuse, that creates a whole new level of fear um, in a little boy. Yeah. So what was the family dynamic that you were raised in?
1: Yeah, I had a great family. Uh, we went to church every day it was open. I remember being there Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, Wednesday evenings, and prayer services. My parents were the youth leaders in our church. Um, church was very important to my family and they were great parents who raised me, I believe in a, in a good way. However, there were some things that, uh, you know, they don't know what they don't know. And I don't think they really, um, knew how to have good communication around specific topics that would be very important. And that's sexuality, um, pornography, uh, things like that. And so, they were great parents and I didn't feel like I got the uh, the information that I really needed or it was too late when I when I did receive it. So I think that's really important because I, I in our coaching, we coach uh, people and individuals who really have some tough backgrounds. And sometimes I can see like, wow, I, I can see where that uh, happened or that developed. But I had a great uh, background and a great um, family but I had circumstances that came up too in the middle of that. And I kept those secrets and I didn't want to share it because I was like, man, I'm dirt. I felt so dirty. I Mm -hmm. felt so wrong. I felt like no one else would ever feel like I do. I felt so um, different than anyone else. In fact, I felt that way my entire life Mm -hmm. is that I could not share these things with other people because they wouldn't get me. They would think I'm broken because I felt like I was broken. Some of the thoughts I had, I was like, I bet other people don't have these kind of thoughts.
2: The yeah. enemy really had to be believing a lot of lies. Yeah.
0: And that's a very lonely place to live, which I think that's ultimately what uh, sin generally does to us, is it isolates us away from relationships. So tell me about how how you guys met. Uh, how, did, how did your lives intersect? And what was kind of the story behind that?
1: So I had a previous marriage and... um Uh, I was married for for nine years and then we went through a divorce and then um, uh, I met Adele and we started dating immediately, Mm -hmm. started dating immediately. And I was like, I am determined to do this right because my previous marriage, I was unfaithful there. I was uh, I don't feel like I was a good husband or a good father. I felt like I was doing the best I knew how and I did not know how to love myself. So it's hard for me to love others. And so in getting in a relationship with you, Adele, I was like, I am determined to do this correctly. And I didn't know what that correctly was. I didn't know how to get rid of these secrets. I didn't know how to reveal to you my past. I just figured if I just shove this to the side and it will just go away and it won't come back up. And you and I can just start this amazing marriage that will be a, a fairy tale type marriage, mm-hmm. and it didn't take long before these secrets reared their heads back up, and this past lifestyle came back into my life, and I continued with secrets without her even knowing about it. Secrets yeah. of the same stuff of addictions, of pornography, of being unfaithful to her, of um, drinking uh, uh, copious amounts of alcohol to numb the the internal pain that I had of this, uh, living a double life. It really, uh, doesn't set well with my soul. And so I would drink copious amounts of alcohol to numb out because I didn't want to feel the way I felt. And I couldn't sleep very well at night because of my conscience.
0: Yeah. I think you might've had some of the ideas that a lot of guys have, which is okay. The, the way to have a great, you know, next relationship or whatever is just don't do all the other things. There's no idea. It's mm. like, a, it's like you create a vacuum, right? Okay. I'm just, I'm just going to put all those things aside, but if you don't know how to actually connect, bond, communicate, be healthy, it's like, it's eventually going to come back. So Adele, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. What's kind of your backstory and, and uh, yeah, just tell us about yourself.
2: Yeah. I was also raised in a wonderful Christian home, um, great parents and they were both in ministry Um, And similar to Travis, there were topics that we did not talk about. And somewhere along the way, I think I I was looking for a particular love from my father that I wasn't getting. And so I developed this really unhealthy view of what love is from a man. And I viewed it that, well, if I am having sex with a guy, that means I'm going to be loved. And so when we entered into a relationship together, I was super unhealthy in my own thought process around how to get love. And so I think it just, it created this really toxic environment in our relationship, but that neither one of us knew was toxic and unhealthy because it's all we knew. And so we stayed in that cycle for years and it wasn't until we had been married 12 years that like all of the things started to come out. And I think it was because for a while he was able to keep it stuffed down. And I was able to cope with the love that I was receiving as though that's, that's all that's out there. Mm -hmm. And I was very content with our relationship. And I also had this very um, perfectionist view of how life is supposed to be. And so while I was seeing a lot of red flags in the marriage, I was um, having this distorted alternate view of my life as though I have a perfect life. And that's the view I put out for everybody else to see, the Instagram view of our, our life is perfect. But on the inside, I was very lonely. I was disconnected. I was isolating from friends and family and Travis and really couldn't pinpoint why, and I was so unaware of my thought process and, and the impact that my thoughts have in my life as well. And so in 2018 is when I found out that Travis had been unfaithful, and that's when everything just kind of came to a head.
0: Yeah, so it, it sounds like in your own ways, both of you were sort of living double lives, right? Yes. There was there was sort of the secret self that is all broken and mangled and entangled in all kinds of different sins. And then there's sort of the public presentation, right? Either individually or as a couple, you're saying, hey, we're going to put this image out there that makes us look great. So obviously, um, uh, your story had an explosion point at, in 2018. Can you talk about that? And then what eventually got you to the place where after that discovery you decided this marriage is worth restoring this marriage is worth saving can you talk about that whole journey
1: yeah yeah in 2018 i found jesus uh around april 2018 i found jesus now i grew up in church and i knew jesus i had a head knowledge of jesus And I've been in church my whole life. However, in 2018, I really got connected that there is a Jesus who loves me and would have come down on this earth and saved me. And by the way, saved you. If you're the only person on this earth, that's the Jesus that I have now. And the relationship I have is it's a personal relationship. And I've not experienced that before. And it completely changed my entire world from then on. And I was determined to be a better man. I had recently um, at that time been out of rehab for two years, uh, drug and alcohol rehab. Uh, I was addicted to opiates and uh, I was an alcoholic. Um, And so by then I've been out for two years and I found Jesus in 2018. And I had about six months or so of really walking out this Christian life of really, uh, letting go of things and trying to connect with God. And I was feeling very good about it. And I had this consciousness that I am done with this double life. I'm done with it. And I really desperately want you to know, Adele, all these secrets that I have because I wanted to be done with all of it. However, I could not work up the, uh, the nerve. I could not be personally responsible enough to share with Adele my past. It was so difficult for me to share with you, Adele, uh, my past that I was uh, a coward and it had to be discovered versus disclosure. So the right way to be would be for me to be personally responsible and share, hey, here's what I've done in my past and here's how we're going to walk through it. However, what I did was the Coward Way and it was publicly displayed on Facebook and it was uh, announced uh, about my infidelity. And then we're having a conversation about it. And even then, I wasn't completely honest. I just shared what she needed to know. And it took a few more weeks before we had full disclosure where I just absolutely unleashed everything and I had to get to the point where you know what it's more important that my heart is healed and that I am restored with God and I just hope our marriage is going to work but I can't just hold on to a marriage with still having uh lies that were in it
2: Mm mm-hmm Yeah, and and watching him, most of our marriage, have this void that he was desperately trying to fill, to then see him fill it with Jesus, it was like, I was really intrigued and really interested in who this man was that loves Jesus, because I could literally see a transformation in him.
1: And it's important to say that you you had fallen out of love with me.
2: I had, yes, through the... Um, drugs and alcohol, I had gotten to the point where I didn't know if I wanted to be married and I knew I didn't love him anymore. And so seeing that transformation in him sparked a new love in our relationship that I think was very important (laughs) because had we not gone through that, you know, God's timing is everything. And had we not gone through that, I just don't know if I would have stuck it out. I hope I would, but I don't know. And were, so when okay what was
0: your initial reaction to the discovery of the unfaithfulness
2: I I went through several different feelings first I was completely in shock um but I also knew it hmm. in the back of my mind I knew and so it was like uh I knew this all along and I cannot believe this is happening um it it wrecked my world it it I mean I was so broken at that point. And looking back I I know now that I had to go through that because I was so selfish, I was so self-centered. Um and every decision I was making was about me that it took me being so broken and at my lowest to finally look to God and say I need you because I can't do this for, for the first time in my life, I cannot do this. And he just drew so close to me during that time. It was, I look back and while it was very painful months to walk through, it was also the sweetest months that I walked through because of the healing that happened and my relationship with the Lord. And i had also had a back surgery. So I found out in October and I had a second back surgery in December that kept me home for three months. And during those three months, I mean, we processed so much. I grieved. We grieved together. And I think that is the real reason why I decided I want to stay in this marriage. Is I saw the repentance in him. I saw the remorse and I saw that he really wanted this marriage. And so the Lord really showed me in a vision that if I do the work to heal, he will use our story to help other couples. And at the time I was like, yeah, I'm not really interested in that <laughs> because I was hurting so bad. But looking back, I'm so grateful for that vision that he gave me.
0: Well, and I think, I mean, not to make, certainly not to make light of this at all, but in some ways, I think your, your back surgery in a way was like God saying, I want to make you immobile. For, you can't yes, run away. You're going to have to deal with something, and so in some ways, it's like even all of those circumstantial things. It's like God orchestrated all of those things to come together at that time. Now, obviously, okay. there's just a lot of work to repairing all of the brokenness that was in in your lives individually, but certainly how that infected your marriage. What was what were some of the next steps you took then to say, okay? Travis, for you, when you had said getting into this marriage in the first place, okay, I want to be a good man. I want to do these things differently. And and yet it just all blew up. You were you didn't have the the training, the understanding, the modeling for many. Maybe you didn't have a good man to model after in terms of like, what does a good husband and father look like? Um, You know, Adele, you talked about how image was a big deal in terms of making sure that the way other people saw you was going to be really important. How did all that sort of get um, disentangled in order that you could rebuild from a foundation of truth and grace and and real love for one another?
1: The first thing that comes to my mind is I had to humble myself. I had to let go of my pride. I had to, because there was a whole lot of what do people think about me that was involved in this. And I had to completely let go of that. And I had to just... Um, get connected to I desire this relationship so much. And I felt like I have, man, I've had years and years and years of, I've I've done horrible in my relationships. And I just really wanted this relationship to work. And so I was fully engaged in the healing process. And what I did, I would not recommend other men do or other people do, is I took a shotgun approach to healing. And I just was like, I need resources. I need help. And I was doing everything. I was completely busy. My time was consumed in fixing myself. Every book that I could find, every podcast, every every YouTube video, every resource, every group I could go be in every evening, I was going to go fix me. And in that process, I was able to, but I wouldn't recommend that process.
2: I think like the first two and a half months is that's what he was really doing. But what really kickstarted our healing was we went to an intensive by focus on the family. And that's where we learned about what's in our hearts. Mm. And we got to see each other from a totally different perspective. I started to understand the why we got where we are based on what was in our hearts for Mm. all those years. And we learned to communicate about that. And so that was the catalyst that really kickstarted our healing. And then we just didn't stop from there. We went to several other um, courses and conferences that really, it p- kind of put all the healing together for us to connect all the dots on what is it like to live a transformed life and a transformed marriage that it's not even the same marriage it was before. And that's how I actually see our marriage. I feel like our previous marriage was a whole different marriage. It wasn't even us yeah, because we are not even close to the same people who went through that. We are completely different people now. And the Lord has just done so much in our hearts. We've let go of so much of our, ourselves and things that don't serve our life. And it allows us to walk in freedom which is how God designed us to live.
1: Yeah, I think it's really awesome. Go ahead, Travis. I was just going to say, I think it's really awesome by using all the stuff that we did to get our healing, which was a lot. We were able to come up with a very focused way for in our academy for others to be able to get healing and not having to do all the different things. It's very centralized and it really gears toward their heart and the ability to let go of things and not necessarily changing who we are because God made us in his image. And the only thing that we're missing is that vertical relationship with God. And so uh, our course helps to walk couples through being whole and complete individuals, because a lot of times we're just depending on each other to complete each other. You know, I'm depending on her to complete a portion of me. And so that's one thing I love about uh all the stuff that we went through is being able to create something centralized for someone mm-hmm. else to go through.
0: Now, do you uh do you all have kids?
2: We have one daughter together.
1: And then I have uh two sons and grandkids from previous marriage.
0: So I'm curious the, what effect has this transformed marriage had on your on your whole family, meaning your kids, but also if you've still got parents and relatives that are alive, like what has the impact of the transformation in your lives had beyond just your marriage, but also your family?
2: Specifically, our our daughter, I mean, she, we raise her totally different now. We're very open with her. We share real life things with her. She's eight. Um, We're having conversations with her about what pornography is and what sex is and, what to watch out for and really helping her identify the key things that will take her off track. Um, but I've watched my mom's life be transformed from our marriage being transformed. I've watched our connection with all of our family open up and just become richer um, and more connected with them.
1: That's a good point. We show up different around everyone, including our family. And by how we show up, people can't help but to be and act different. Because the old way we show up, we bring all kinds of negativity. We bring all kinds of things to the conversation. And, and even in that, that way, people can't help but to show up the way they show up then too, You know, because of how we act. And I love what you're talking about with our daughter because um, we share age appropriate real life things with her that we've experienced, that we've gone through. And I think it's like Jesus in the Bible. Jesus taught using stories mm-hmm. and they were very effective stories. And I feel like when we share stories, our daughter is completely engaged and she's like, well, I'm so grateful you told because I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to act like that. I don't want to be that way. And you can tell it really means a lot to her that we shared where we've come from because she wants nothing to do with our past. And it makes her be very connected to us when we share like that.
0: Mm -hmm. That's good. So at what point in time did you guys start to realize that, that God was going to put a call on your life, to now say, hey, this isn't just about, you know, patching up your marriage and kind of moving on with life, but actually that he wanted it to become a vocation for you. He wanted it to become a calling for you to then actually help other marriages. Tell us about that journey.
2: That's That was really cool because he had given me that vision and I didn't share it with Travis because I, I didn't feel like he deserved to know that at the time. But in 2021, we were at a marriage retreat. And at that retreat, God spoke to our hearts individually that he's calling us to marriage ministry. And we talked about that on the way home. And it was just really cool to see that God told us individually and that now we were communicating about that. And we also didn't know how on earth that was going to happen because we had a full-time salon business that needed us 100% of the time. COVID had just destroyed our team. And so we started looking for ways for someone else to take that over and it kept falling through, kept falling through, and it wasn't making sense. And why aren't these things working out? And it was because God had other plans. He wanted that to be a closed chapter so that this chapter could be opened. And so in August of 2021, he closed the doors to our salon and it totally caught us off guard. And we also knew immediately that he was calling us the marriage ministry and had been since March of that year. And we weren't going about it the way he really wanted us to do, to go about it. And so in October of 2021 is when we launched the Noble Marriage.
0: That's awesome. So why don't you tell, uh, as we kind of wrap up here, just maybe uh, maybe a, a, a message of hope that you would want to give to couples out there that are that are either kind of in the middle of just discovery, disclosure, or maybe maybe even to the couple that hasn't quite taken that step or also the couple that's saying we don't know what the next step is in terms of, you know, repairing the brokenness in our marriage. What hopeful message did you give to them and then where can our listeners go to find out more about what you guys are doing?
2: I would like to just say to the person that was betrayed that's that's watching this and listening. Um, you know, one of the things I have heard quite a few times is, "Oh, you're you're so pretty. How how could your husband ever do that to you?" And what I want you to hear is that it has nothing to do with you. That you are enough. You are whole. You know, and Jesus loves you so much. And um, what the reason why that this happens has everything to do with the betrayer's heart in the Mm -hmm. matter and nothing about who you are or what you don't have or what you're not giving. Um, I think that's such a trap for the enemy that when one spouse gets freedom from the secrets, the other one is put in a prison of, of really dealing with all of these emotions and grief and all of those things. And you can actually grow and become a better person through this. You don't have to stay a victim. You can choose to be better instead of growing bitter. And that would just be my hope and prayer for those listening that you really see that it's not about you, that someone had an affair, but you still have the opportunity through this pain to become a much better person and grow and really allow the Lord to transform your heart.
1: The uh, the quick uh, thought that comes to my mind. there's so many things that I, I want to say right now, but the just a quick one is communicate. Communication really can be it, it really is effective in a relationship and it's needed and it's required. so communicate. And then lastly where, where can you find our stuff? So we're on every platform, the noble Marriage, on Facebook, Instagram, and we have a YouTube. We'd love for you to subscribe there. Also right now media, Just type in Travis and Adele Graham or The Noble Marriage, and we are on that platform as well. And we would love to help in any possible way we can.
0: Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Travis and Adele, for just being uh, willing to be open with your story and let God use it however He sees fit. And uh, thanks also for being on the program today. Oh, such an honor!
1: Such honor. Thank you you so much.
0: Yeah. Well, listeners, we're always glad that you're with us, and uh, our hope and our job is to help you take your next best step on your journey towards wholeness in Christ. And so please reach out to us, and we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.